organization habits to a day in the life of a middle schooler. Our goal is to make the world a better place with one peaceful podcast at a time. Brought to you by the podcast people. Hi, I'm McKenna Karen D2. Hi, I'm Lila Collins. And I'm Charlie Jester. Welcome to the podcast. podcast people. I'm your host for today's show, Charlie. Here with me today is Lila and Miss Smith. We would like to welcome Miss Jester and Miss Younger to the podcast as our special guests today. They teach 7th and 8th grade English and Science here at Woods. Thanks for being here, Miss Younger and Jester. Ah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So our first question is, where are you from? I'm from, I'm, I think as most people who know me know, because I talk a lot about it, I'm from Rhode Island. And I was born in Raleigh, but for the most part, I grew up in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, that answers our second question, too, which is, why did you, were you born in um, North Carolina? Um, but the question, and so why did you move to Charlotte? or North Carolina in your case? So I moved, um, I actually was born in Framingham, Massachusetts and really raised in Rhode Island and then moved back to Massachusetts for my first 10 years of teaching. And then I moved down here to take a break from teaching and to start a family. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, for most of my life, I've lived in North Carolina. Um, let's see, uh, a few years after um, Dave and my husband and I got married, we, we uh, moved to New York City. So we lived there for about a year. We taught up there. And um, other than that, we spent a you know, summer here and there. But, but we had, I've lived here um, for most of my life in North Carolina. Um, I have the next question. How or why um, did you want to become a teacher? You go first, Heather. <laughs> well, that's a great question. How or why? Uh, the first kind of thing that pops into my mind um, is, so I originally went to school I'm at UNC and I studied journalism and creative writing and, and loved that. Um, but I remember after I had graduated, I was living back in Charlotte and my mom had taught kindergarten forever. And, um, and, and this was during a time where I thought I'd, I would get involved with an ad agency and do a lot of writing for them. So for me, everything still went back and still goes back to, to reading and writing. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna write for an ad agency um, on their, in their creative department and. Anyway, um, so here I am, I'm back in Charlotte, and I forget exactly how it happened, but I thought, huh, well, I I love to write and I love to help people. Why don't I uh, try to to teach? And I remember going on this, my first job interview in uh, close to downtown Charlotte. It was for a sixth grade class. 
And I remember um, shortly after I went to the interview, you know, I got the call back. I will never forget talking to my mom. And uh, she said, oh, it'll be, you know, a sweet sixth grade class, you know. And um, oh my goodness, that, that's uh, the very beginning of my entry into teaching. But, um, but so anyway, I was hired as an emergency teacher and then had to go back and take classes to get my license. But, um, but I love it. I've, I've taught middle and, and high school English as well. And I could go on and on, but, but I love it. But I'll never forget those words uh, from my mom. <laughs> oh, that's great. In sixth grade, whew. <laughs> Heather, you started with a tough one. <laughs> Of all the grades I've taught, I would say six was probably the most um, steepest learning curve, you know, with instruction and relationships. Um, I actually decided to teach fairly young. I was in 10th grade. I was 15 years old and sitting in a biology classroom. My teacher was Mr. Mack. Um, He's rather famous um, for all the kids who've traveled through South Kingstown High School. He's He's very well known and um, he's still around. He's still kicking. We're friends on Facebook. And yeah, and I had not come from that town. Rhode Island is a very colloquial, I can't say that word, a very localized place, like little Mm -hmm. villages. And so I lived a whole 45 minutes away, which was the other side of the planet for the first decade. And then I moved to the other end of Rhode Island. And that move wasn't such an easy move. It was middle school, moved right in sixth, seventh grade, um, was not from the area. My mom was a first generation American. So I was a little different, you know, because of the, that in and of itself. And so I wasn't that connected to my peers at that age. And I sat in his class and he just, he shared his love for the natural world with us. And in that way, he connected with us. He, he reached into every one of us individually and he, and he, really, um, he really made all of us feel very valuable and very important. And he would take attendance and he would get to my name, which was always second to last before Charlie Zeno. And um, <laughs> cause teachers always thought alphabetically and he'd get to my name and he would say younger than springtime. Yeah, and I didn't realize that I had such a love for nature because, you know, my mom is not a a real naturalist. I mean, she doesn't not love nature, but I didn't have a huge exposure to it. But I spent a lot of time alone outside playing with my friends outside playing and a lot of time on a sailboat. And I realized that that had filled me with this connection that I didn't even know was there. And this teacher revealed it to me. He helped me see my potential. He helped me see what I loved. And I decided right then and there, I wanted to do what he was doing. I was like, this is great work. You're working with humans. You're working with science. You're working with nature. And I just have never changed my mind. So I got my degree in biology um, from the University of Rhode Island. And then I got my postgraduate degree in secondary science education. And my first job was actually teaching on a boat for a year. I taught for Save the Bay. Um, and that was great. We took inner city kids who had never seen the ocean out on the boat and trawled and brought up creatures. And it was really an extraordinary experience. And then I taught in Providence, Rhode Island, um, inner city experience that was pretty remarkable. And then in Massachusetts and then here in North Carolina. And I ended up um, here at Woods Charter School. So, yeah. 
Very nice and so inspiring from both of you. So you both just kind of shared a little bit about what your journey was like into teaching. And then now that you are teachers, what is your favorite thing about teaching your respective subject matters? Oh, you know, I'm sure we both could talk about this all day. Um, I, I, I love just being able to dig in with students just just to stop and to really dig into what we're reading or what we're writing um and really we i feel like we you know we have a lot of discussions and i love that the questions and many of them are open-ended and, and there may not you know of course be you know a right answer but hey let's talk about it and and i love that we also get to bring pieces of ourselves and our stories and we get to share those with each other through this journey, through these journeys as we read and write together. Um, and also for me, um, uh, as I said before, I've always loved to write ever since I was little. You know, I always you know, would write in a journal when I felt like it, wrote stories and, um, and focused on fiction. Uh, when I did my undergraduate and then when I went on to get my MFA in creative writing, I focused on fiction. And, and all along the way, as I've, as I've written with others and, and taught with, uh, you know, throughout the years, what I personally always come back to and I feel so strongly about is um, how writing and reading, how this helps us as human beings. And it's, it's been such, um, I love the beauty of it. And I've seen it happen time and time again. And I could tell you a million different examples and a million different stories. But I just, um, I see the beauty of that and how it really, um, it helps us in many different ways. Um, what I always tell my students, you know, whether you're having the worst day of your life or the best day of your life, you know, if you go outside and you write about it, um, I bet you a million dollars if I had it, that you would feel that much better after you came back in. And, and I'm, I have not ever had uh, a student come back and say that they did not feel better. So um, I just, I love the power, the power of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, Heather, that was beautiful. That was really beautiful. Um, and you know, you taught my daughter writing and she right. would her time with you. She was a sixth grader. And uh -huh. she would leave her time with you 10 pounds, I mean, just lighter, just lighter and enthused with a little bit more of life energy in her. So I think as a parent and, and a colleague, I can testify that you are living your dream. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, almost piggybacking on the feeling better part. You know, I think deep down teachers are humanists. We, we work with humans and our subject is a platform, right? It's not really about the subject, it's about the kids that we work with. Um, and either what you, whether your platform is social studies or mathematics or science or English, it's a platform where we help young people discover who they are and to feel better about their place in the context of everything. Um, and I think that's really largely what I do is, is I, I get to explore what is um, it does, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then also how we know what is. And that's equally interesting because when you can explain how we come to understand what is around us and how it operates, you are developing reason, the ability to reason 
Um, and hopefully the ability to ask the right questions, um, not the right question, I don't like using that phrase, ask the next question, right? You get this information, what's the next question? What's the next logical, reasonable question you would ask based on what you've just discovered? Um, and so science is interesting combination of, you know, here's the information that we've discovered thus far, and now how do we go forward with that? And what does that look like? And how does that help the human endeavor? personally and as a species, you know, so anyway, yeah, I love it. I, I love that. And I just want to say too, as you were uh, just talking about, and I agree with you, I think that's so true. Um, you know, the, the yes, uh, when I think about our students and them finding the next, you know, questions, um, I also think about them uh, helping them and ourselves included find their voices and, and to speak those, you know, their truths. And I think that's so important too. Well, our next question is, what do you like about teaching at Woods? Yeah. I've been here longest, so I'll go first. Um, a lot, a lot. What do I love teaching about Woods? Uh, Ann Kayala, Cindy Sperry, Cotton Bryan, you know, amazing leadership, everyone in the front office, um, the great kids, really the great kids, the great kids, it just comes down to that. Um, and the trust and the respect that comes with the freedom to teach how you want to teach. Um, there are so many schools in this region, um, more and more now, where they literally have a script. And I have colleagues where their administrator walks in on day 74, minute 10, and you are to be on that script on day 74, minute 10, because they believe that that's what creates a better world. Um, and clearly, by the way, I just said that I don't. <laughs> And so I, I like that there is a professional respect and a freedom that allows for the art of teaching, because um, I firmly believe in the art of teaching. And I, I agree, and I'd love to echo, you know, everything that you just said, uh, Miss Younger. Uh, and, and two, and I think it goes along with what you just said. For me, it just feels like home. Um, so David, my husband, uh, used to teach here at Woods, and um, of course Charlie was in kindergarten and first grade. Um, so yeah, we go, you know, we go back a ways here, and it has just always felt like home. Um, our, our friends and the community and the relationships and the connections that we've made with with you all, with with um, you know, and with you know students. Um, as we, you know, experienced our own stories and our own journeys personally and professionally, I've just always appreciated um, just the community and everyone being there for each other. And it does feel like family and it feels like home to, to me and to us. And I think just the fact that I get to sit here and um, have this interview with my son is really, really exciting um, too. So yay, I get to wave to my boys in the hallway sometimes. Um, so I have the next question. 
As sixth graders, what can we expect from the transition of sixth grade science and English to seventh and eighth grade science and English? Uh, I mean, for me, as far as English goes, I know that a lot of, you know, the concepts, you know, we, we re-loop through every year. Um, and, and, oh my goodness, I know that here we are, we're almost to, you know, our year mark uh, as far as being in remote learning. So, you know, I, I would love for students to know, I know this is how I feel, and I'm sure many other teachers do too, is, is um, you know, I, I keep saying we're all in different boats. We're all doing the best we can. Um, when you move up next year or when, yes, when as sixth graders come to us next year, um, my plan is, you know, we will meet you where you are and um, we'll just continue to dig in and, and to read and write together. And um, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I can't wait to, to work with, the, with all of you next year. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's the great story continues. You know, uh, Miss Moody has you for science for fifth and sixth grade, and she and I communicate around the subjects that we teach, and they're very parallel. Um, there's not a lot of new topics, just like Miss Jester said. Instead, we just dive into it a little bit deeper, and we go into more grown-up concepts. That as you get older, your brain is a little more mature each year and a little able to revisit the same idea like clouds, but going into it with a little more chemistry or maybe a little more physics and getting into those deeper concepts that will help you as you move up in the sciences and start applying those concepts to a pure biology class or a pure physics class or a pure chemistry class. So what Ms. Moody and I in middle school are trying to do is lay a foundation for you so that you can move up and move forward with confidence. That's the, um, the goal. And so it's, it's pretty smooth. The sixth to seventh grade transition for the last few years has been really, really smooth. And, and I also, we do, we meet you where you're at. Um, it's, it's middle school and wherever you're at, we help you develop, continue developing the skills that elementary has been trying to develop um, within you, which is, you know, good healthy habits um, that, I'm, you know, there's lots of examples of what that looks like. I won't get into that now. <laughs> so we've covered a little bit about, you know, work and school stuff, and now we're going to transition into maybe some of the more perhaps the more fun questions. Um, what are your passions in life? So we've talked a lot on our podcast in the past few weeks, um, a lot about reading, a lot about art. Um, what are some of your passions, especially this past year? What has given you joy? Um, have you found any new hobbies in the past year? Um. For me, and I, I know I've said this a lot to my classes, but just get it, getting outside, um, just to be able to get outside, um, to be able you know, to walk, to hike, to be among the trees, to feel the sunshine. Um, you know, I think sometimes you know, others will perceive that, oh, it's, when, when others say it's the little things that make the biggest difference, but Really and truly, I know, especially here as we've been in, in remote learning, I know for sure that after um, or when I've had a chance to go outside that, that I will feel that much better. 
And so, you know, even, so I'm always checking the weather, even if it's not the most beautiful day. Um, you know, I always look forward to that, to just getting outside, we'll go on hikes. Um, we've had, we're able to have some, a few picnics last summer. Um, so that has made a huge difference in my world lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, my passion is my work. <laughs> so I, I spend a lot of time, if I'm not directly working, I'm thinking about thinking about working. Um, I've started to write a little more um, about my thoughts, you know, after three decades of doing this job, I have some, some thoughts on it that I'm trying to get down. And so I'm, I'm enjoying that. And I've always loved the birds, but the time home with COVID, I've really gotten into my birds. Um, I feed them and I have three different feeders and I have three different suet feeders and I make my own suet and I have such flocks. It's amazing. And I have the same little flock of crows that come every day. Um, and so I talk to them and every time I fill the suet, I use the same sound. So I'm hoping eventually they'll get, they won't fly away when I come outside. Um, cause I like the crows and yes, outside every morning, I, I am enjoying the gift of the morning. Um, I am that child that needed to be woken up on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. So I, I was late for school and kindergarten and it never got better. Um, so, <laughs> and as anyone who works with me knows, it's never gotten better. And so it's funny having the mornings where no makeup and no getting the hair done, you can just get up. And I find myself getting up really early and heading outside almost every day, rain or shine. Um, and just exploring. So that's been this younger. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but I think probably over a year ago now, you and I talked and you, I think this was, you, you said you wanted to paint a bison. I do. <laughs> Did you ever I get around do. to painting your bison? <laughs> I have not learned how to paint yet, but I've committed to learning how to draw and I have a teach yourself how to draw a book and I should, I should oh, get it. Nice. I could show you the tree I just drew. Oh, so so I, I am trying to learn how to draw so eventually I can paint. And on, on that note, I actually have some news on the bison front. Oh, I do. Yes, I'm so excited. It's it's really big news. I are you able are you able to share here on the podcast or do we have to have you back in a couple of weeks? I am. I can share. Okay. I just pulled the trigger and rented a little tiny cabin on a creek in Cook City, Montana, about three miles from the entrance to the Lamar Valley at Yellowstone Park. And it's right on a creek and has an outdoor shower. And I'm taking my daughter, Sophie, who's 20. I'm taking her at the end of June. We're going for a week to the Lamar Valley. Oh and my gosh. Anybody who knows me know um, how I feel about that place and that my child is going to get to see it. And COVID, college, online learning, it's been brutal and hard and her spirits are low. So that's going to feel so refreshing. Yes, and I rented a spotting scope um, that is really going to be amazing because you can't really go there without a spotting scope. And I found one for rent at a really good price. And we're going to go see the whooping crane babies. And you the... always plan the best vacations. I want you to be like, <laughs> I want you to be my vacation planner. <laughs> yes, that's 
and, and the awesome. place we're staying, it includes, and it's $125 a night. So it's not crazy because it's one room, one bed. So I get to snuggle with my daughter. It's kind of my yeah. plan. Sorry, Soph, there's not two beds. Does she know uh, that ahead of time? <laughs> yes, I did. I told her and she said she didn't mind. And um, it comes with a made to order hot breakfast and they pack you a bag lunch so you can spend your day adventuring and then Ooh. fresh well, cooked for you at night, pulled right oh. out of the screen. I'm very excited. Okay, is, you know, the good thing about right now is I, I find I, it's so important to have something to look forward to, even if it's six months or even a year out, like just having something to look forward to right now, I think is really important. Yeah. That's why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. That sounds amazing. All right. Speaking of passions, Charlie has the next question that's I think related for Miss Chester. Yes, it is. So, Ms. Jester, can you tell us about Newberry Club? What is it and what do the students do? Sure. So, um, Bethany Tracy and Liam Drake started this club in, when they were in the fifth grade. And I'm so excited because, um, you know, they're still, we're still doing it. I mean, I, so I just started at Woods last year and when I was able to work with them um, and, and we're still going strong this year, even in remote, remote learning. Uh, so there's, there are a handful of students where um, at the beginning of the year, they choose, you know, they, they lay it all out and um, they have a book per month that they read. So um, let's see, so probably mid month, each month we get together and here we do it virtually right now, but we get together and discuss uh, I guess our book of the month, and um, it's based on the John. Oh, I'm sorry, it's based on uh, the John Newberry Medal that's awarded to books, um, or that has been awarded throughout okay, the year. Okay, I was going to ask about the name. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, through this process, they use the same criteria um, that that's used when this award is given to books, or that has been given throughout the years. And so they use the same criteria and they'll rate these books um, each month. And then at the end of the year, they have their kind of grand finale and really dig in and think about, oh, which book, you know, which book do we want to give our, our award to um, for our medal to um, at the end of the year? And so um, I, it's, it's been wonderful just being able to just to discuss and dig in and chat. And their goal, um, which we're, we're going to make happen, is to give either um, whether we put these books in uh, English classes in the middle school, um, in the hallway, um, the middle school hallway. That'd be or, really cool. Yeah. So we want to give um, each book that they uh, designated for each year or that they awarded each year um, to middle school English classrooms, or we'll have a little communal bookshelf where we put the books. Um, so that, yeah, so that other middle schoolers will be able to enjoy them as well. So um, I have the next question, but before um, we talk about that, our cover art is actually created by Bethany Tracy. Um, and that we love it. Like we love how it includes everything we asked for. Like, and when, when we asked somebody to do it, she did, she put it like, we wanted green and the words, the podcast people and like something creative in it that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be anything. 
but we really liked what she made. For yeah, us, so immediately that. when we saw it, all of us we were like, we love that, we love it. <laughs> yes, oh, I am, yes, oh my goodness. Yes, her artwork, I'm sure many of you listening out there have, have hopefully had a chance to see her artwork. I, I am sure you were blown away because yes. I always am. She's very talented. Um, so the next question is, what has, has life been like for you the past year during remote learning? Can you share anything positive that has come out of the past year for you? Uh, okay. Um, you know, I think the positive has been the ability to focus on one curriculum a day, where instead of being frazzled with three courses, five classes, you never quite can quite be or do what you really want to be or do. And with the, the way that my schedule is that I'm able to spend one whole day from when I wake up to when I'm done working, just thinking about this one topic. And it can come to me about activities or things the kids could do, or I can read a few more articles on it or fine tune an assignment. And it has allowed me to discern what's really critical in the curriculum and to get rid of a lot of the fluff, the stuff that's not really necessary because you know, we're forced to pare down, but that pairing process has brought me some clarity that I'm, I'm enjoying, um, helps to see things really clearly. So that's been really good. Um, yeah, that's, that's, those, that's the bright side. That's the bright side. Yeah. Plenty of challenges, but. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and I too, you know, and I, I know that we've all had to, had to do this, but yeah, just to really zero in and focus on, okay, of course, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, you know, we come in with all these grand ideas and dreams and ooh, I'd love to cover all of this. But of course, you know, here we are, we're in, you know, March and, and yes, I've had to really zero in and really think through, okay, within the next three months, what, 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 what are the most important points, you know, to, to reach or to hit um, before everyone leaves in June? So, so I agree with you, Ms. Younger, that it's, it has really made me have to kind of zero in and focus on those. Um, you mentioned like you like being able to just kind of like focus in on, on something. So are you looking forward to having 90 minute classes? So oh, I, I would, sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead, I would go to block semester courses in a heartbeat if I could. I think it allows for much better instruction and learning. I think the kids have a more reasonable pace. Um, it reduces the homework load. Um, I think they can cover a lot more ground. Less time is spent transitioning. So yeah. Yep. Oh, I, and I know we've talked about this, Ms. Younger. I 100% agree. I, and I, in Charlotte, I did teach on a block schedule and I've always said since then, I didn't realize it then, I just started teaching, but now I realize what, what a gift that was. And I know there are different opinions out there on it, but I would love to go to a block schedule because as you said, Miss Younger, I feel like by having more time, that, that gives us more time to just relax, check in with each other, help us with um, building relationships. And, and then once you finally do start to dig in and dive in, you have this time and this space to do it before you have to rush off to another class. And 
I, I would, I would love it. So yes, and I am looking forward to it. So as we get towards, we're just wrapping up trimester two and looking ahead to trimester three. Um, do you just want to maybe mention briefly any particular assignments or topics that you really love in this part of the year that you're really looking forward to? Sure, yes. Um, so I know uh, right now we're transitioning into, um, I'm letting students, which I'm excited about, I'm letting students choose their own topics as far as writing um, an argumentative essay. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, you know, jump into poetry and then hopefully in the year with our coffee house or with a coffee house where students will choose two of their favorite pieces of writing and we'll invite friends and family members um, and, and, and they'll get to share. So, and that's always one of my favorites. Uh, but one thing I'm, I'm also excited about um, when it comes to the argumentative essay writing is, and, and we've just started to talk about this, but I'm really gonna encourage students to, if they would like to, to make a real world connection. So depending on what, what their topic is, do they choose to write a Congresswoman about their thoughts and feelings? Do they choose to start a podcast or a blog or create a pamphlet to give to students or whatever the case may be? So I'm excited to see where uh, those ideas and those projects will take us. Yeah, and uh, the shad are coming. So we are still getting the, the American shad. They're gonna be delivered, I believe, actually our first week back as middle school in person. Oh, wow, uh, the that's awesome. Be arriving. Yeah, so I'm always really excited about that. And I don't know, I but I- I feel I'm, like I'm, that's a milestone in your class every year. <laughs> it is, it's a thing. It is for me anyway. I drag the kids along with me. Well, there's always a few, kids that get like super attached like I remember every year I usually have like one or two that will be like can I go check on them <laughs> yep. and I um and I will definitely be making fish, um, fish prints and t-shirts and I don't know how possible it will be but if there's any way before school ends in June that I can get the eighth graders to the river mm -hmm. I will um, they certainly deserve it they've been plugging away doing their best trying to show up you know for school every day online and if I can get them to the river safely with the COVID parameters in, in June, depending on where we're at with those, then I'm, I'm hoping to do that. And my seventh graders, I'm really, um, my intention this year is to renew my, my vigor with the human body unit. Um, I've had some parents and colleagues request a little bit more human body instruction. And so I'm excited about that. Um, very, very excited about that. And then with my citizen science class, they're all doing their own projects, but I'm looking forward to having a field trip where we learn some compass work, how to use a compass, and a night field trip where we do a, um, an astronomy field trip. So I'm looking forward to that, bring an astronomer in and meet, the, meet out at, in the evening at the observation point at Ooh, Briar Chapel. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else you ladies wanna add before we wrap it up? I'm looking oh. forward to seeing everybody again. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. You know, I knew as soon as this began that it's not forever, it will pass. And I'm really glad that we're looking at that. that I feel like the end is really in sight. And I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone again.
I know. I feel the same way. I feel like we've definitely had warmer weather. The sun is coming out. So literally and figuratively, yes, warmer <laughs> days and sunshine is coming out. So um, brighter days are ahead. I feel the same way. Well, Miss Younger, Miss Jester, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. It will help our audience get to know you so much better. It's great to hear about Woods through your perspective and get some updates. To our listeners, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast people on iTunes or your podcast player. You can give us a return on iTunes, a review. We are putting the link in the show notes to leave us a voice comment on our Anchor site. We can play your comment on our next episode. We also have links in the show notes to request to be a guest on our podcast as well as, as, well as how to connect with us on social media. You can email us at thepodcastpeople at woodstarter.org. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.